Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hi guys, it's Nicole Brazier here with AfterBuzz TV Mob Wives. We are on episode 8 on season 5. This episode was called the Staten Island Sea Hags, of course, if you didn't hear it throughout the episode. Once again, I am riding solo tonight. I miss my girls that they couldn't be here, but we should all finally be back together for next week's episode. So... Tune in and please uh, chat with me. You can chat live at AfterBuzzTV.com. Be sure to hashtag ABTV, excuse me, ABTV Mob Wives. It's our new hashtag. That way you can get on the conversation. Follow along. I'm also here. I've got my laptop so you can feel free to tweet me while we're uh, recapping this episode. A bunch of you guys gave me some crazy feedback on YouTube last week and I appreciate it uh, being that I was solo and it was my first solo show. Uh, one of you guys mentioned that it seemed a little bit one-sided and that's because I was here hosting the show by myself. So that, that my producer's laughing. That's probably why it seemed a little one-sided. But, you know, just feedback with me. Follow along. I love it. Uh, good, bad, negative, positive. It doesn't matter. It keeps the conversation going and very entertaining, just like the mob wives are. So let's get down to this episode. And, you know, we finished off with the bloodshed finally from last week. We've all been anticipating it. I think secretly all of us we're wanting a little bit of a fight because it's just been in talk, you know, for the last uh, six episodes before last uh, week's brawl. And now, you know, we're at episode eight. The fight was brief. It was short. I predicted last week that it was going to go on a little bit more. But as we saw when the episode, excuse me, opened up, it kind of ended and uh, none of them seemed to really want it to end Except, in my opinion, Nat G and uh, probably Big Ange because uh, Big Ange kind of sides with Nat G as we see that play out even in this episode. And it just seems like uh, when we get to the kind of the first scene of this Mob Wives uh, episode that Nat G wasn't there to fight. And I have to say that I agree that she didn't really go in for a fight. Now, there was a comment that I'll get to a little bit later that perhaps she did inevitably want to provoke Karen um, and always in the back of her mind was ready for a fight. But I do believe that she did go sit down uh, in respect to Big Ange just to hopefully settle the controversy, the Twitter war, if you will. So, uh, hey, Natalie G fans. I just stuck up for Nat G. And I did uh, weigh out her good and bad. Uh, you know, as a whole, Nat G plays a big role in this season of Mob Wives. And without her and her personality and who she is, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about uh, what's been going down this season. So 
props to Nat G for stirring the pot, if you will. So uh, let's dive right in. Uh, We see that uh, we open up with London and Nat G, and she's having a vodka cranberry, it seems. She's uh, still got a scar on her face. She got into her pajamas back on the couch, and uh, London comes home all amped up from the gym, and she goes, have a drink with me because... She wants him to know what went down for the talk that turned into an epic brawl. And uh, London takes Natalie's side on this one. We don't really see him fight her back. Uh, I do think she's right. Karen does come at her, pull her hair, gets down and dirty with her. Uh, she says she was there for a conversation. She believes Karen was there for a fight. I mean, I believe that Karen was there to put Natalie in her place. And... A lot of you disagree that Karen didn't put her in her place with with that fight. That that Natalie's the one that that kind of uh, had the reins in the fight. And I I don't know. I think it was an even fight. I think it was it didn't end. So how can we all be so sure as to who really won? You know, I think it, it has to play out a little bit more. But uh, you know, words can be more aggressive than than pulling hair and scratching the face. I mean, I, but I think that's why Karen flipped the table and went right at her because she was playing the cool laid back. Uh, I don't really give two shits demeanor. And that's why Karen snapped. And we'll get again to the point that I mentioned about how Drita says, you know, she thinks that Natalie G was feeding the fire within Karen and thus all hell broke loose. So, uh, getting back to the first scene, uh, Nat G then takes us all on a little bit of a surprise. And I guess what we find out later in uh, the episode that she took what Renee said in the wrong way by Renee letting her know to ring her bell. Uh, but, you know, we'll get to that a little, little bit. And then, of course, Nat G finishes that Karen is ghetto and rat shit. And I was getting so confused. She was saying ratchet or ratchet. And uh, either way, pun intended or not, she has her point about Karen from day one about being a rat. But uh, I stand by that Karen's father's the rat, not Karen. But Karen does go later into this episode uh, showing us that she's proud to be ghetto. She's... And my producer's nodding her head. She's like, now these girls, they like to be gangsters. That's where they're, why they're mob wives. I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) So for one of them to call the other one a wannabe and a gangster, isn't that a little silly when that's what their claim to fame is? Well, do they actually sit there and and say that's gangster? Yeah, like, yes. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it's more of just reminding, I guess, the viewers, like, hey, I'm so badass, you know, just deal with it i guess i mean that's what Mm -hmm. i'm getting from because i've seen a couple episodes i saw i'm sorry fans if you guys are like oh why are you putting her on the mic i just (laughs) i just feel that it's yeah it's just kind of redundant to call each other like you know oh you're so gangster we know you're a mob wife we get it yeah (laughs) and they call uh, and they call themselves gangsters so i i don't see where an insult lies in that comment for her it really isn't it's just literally stating the obvious right feel but i mean you know whatever makes you feel better yeah so i i get the rat the rat is the insult with but calling her a gang a wannabe gangster calling her ghetto i I just don't think that's the the best insult for somebody that's wants to open up a marijuana shop and call it kg uh 
gangster OG or whatever. Wow. But we'll get to that because th- so much was talked about this episode. There was so much that we learned about each of them individually. And they started to show a little bit more of their true colors outside of their, their tough skin. And we'll get to it. So speaking of that, we go to Renee and Renee gets the letter from Junior. Uh, she finds it in AJ's room that he wrote to AJ and she she freaks out basically to her friend on the phone because he's telling AJ of his crime says he's uh charged for armed robberies and a murder charge and she's just so upset that he had to reach out to AJ and let him know all this now i mean uh, i think AJ's been aware that his father is a rat and a, a horrible criminal and you know the bad person that his mother has let him know every single day. I, but I don't know. Do you think that your son is entitled to receive a letter from his dad in jail? If he, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I remember, I mean, I've, I've heard you guys talk about this story so many times this season and I just feel like, I think it's getting kind of old. I mean, I understand what they're trying to do, but I feel like, okay, enough is enough. You know, I feel like that's what a lot of you're just you're beating. Yeah, it's like you're beating you know a dead horse. Like it's 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 over. I feel like we need to move on and either find something new to talk about or just leave this poor boy alone. Yeah, and uh, you know, we'll get to when she approaches AJ, her son, about the letter. Mm -hmm. But all she says on her on the phone with her friend is that. there's two ways this could go. He could be back on the streets, and she's terrified of that, which I completely sympathize with Renee, because why would you always want to be looking over your shoulder, worrying and wondering for the rest of your life when that was half of your life? I mean, she's, so many problems have resulted uh, to her health because of this. So, And uh, she wants him to drop dead because he could be free on the street, and she's just over it. So, And we'll get to, you know when we find out what the true sentencing is and how I feel about that. Um, and then we'll go over to uh, Drita and how Drita is letting us in with her, her family that uh, she finally thinks that Natalie G uh, isn't the best and is, is weaning off her side and siding with Karen and Renee, which I feel that most of you mob wife, OG, you know, your original gangsta fancy gangsta. It's no insult. That's what they want. They Keep love into it. The theme here. Yeah. Huh? I think most of you guys would probably be happy that Drita is, uh, not siding with Natalie G, but you know, at you Natalie G fans, you probably think that Drita's being blinded by Nat D and, and the quote unquote uh, stupidity of Karen and Renee. But, you know, when Drita's buttons get pushed and Drita hits a breaking point, there's no going back. And that's what we love about Drita. I mean, there's a lot of you tweeting right now. You're t- saying that you're happy that Drita's finally realizing it. Um, <laughs> And that she does mention that she didn't want to be the referee of the fight in the previous episode that we left off with to open up this uh, this episode tonight. And I think it's funny because she did act like a little bit of a ref. She kept saying this isn't over and she wanted to almost like chime in because she was so angry. And she did mention to us in this scene that this fight is affecting her more than probably it is everybody else. But, uh, you know, so 
she she again mentions that uh, she believes Nachi wanted to fight Karen and push Karen's buttons, which riled her up. I don't find that not hard to believe. But again, I do think Natalie G did want to sit down and try to have a talk. She wasn't really dressed for a fight. Uh, and she has uh, her kids come in the scene. Very cute. And discussing her business and her, she's going to have another party, which right when she said that, I'm like, okay, that's just going to lead to another fight, something else about to happen. So that kind of got me excited, believe it or not. And uh, then we see Nat D and Karen meet up in the next scene and Karen goes off with, about Nat G and what happened and her attitude in particular and her demeanor when she sat down for the talk slash fight. Now, that would make me mad if if somebody knew how I felt going into a conversation, how pissed off I truly was and how many buttons she already pushed and then to sit down and kind of like not give, you know, two Fs and just sit back with a cool demeanor. That, in, that would enrage me too. So I do see why Karen flipped her lid, but uh, again, I... I don't know. This is this is a this is a tough call how this fight escalated because we us fans and and everybody wants to see some kind of bloodshed with the mob wives and these mob wives go back and forth all the time with how they feel, no family, then you're dropping family and you're dropping brat and this that so back and forth with them that we knew something was going to happen between Nachi and uh Karen and for Big Ange to just wanted to like wipe the slate clean and hope that they could do that, there's no way in the back of all their minds that they thought that it was going to be peaceful. So they almost set up what happened uh, at la- at the last episode at the beginning of this. They set up the fight. There's no, uh, if you want to disagree with me, write or tweet me uh, right on the YouTube page. But these women set up that fight knowing all too well that they were going to pull pull at each other's hair. I mean, let's let's be real. So moving forward, uh, they say how the argument was a little bit elementary, which it was, again, back and forth. You started it. No, you started it. You started it. Some of you were commenting, saying who really started it. Oh, and you referred to last season with Renee and uh, the delicious comment, which I can agree with a little bit. Like there was a little bit of Renee was out of whack for a while, and that could have could very well be the reason why we're seeing Nat G reach out to Renee now because there was two sides of the story between Nat G and Renee. So, uh, you know, Karen getting into the picture, that's separate. That's a whole separate issue. But when it's Karen and Renee and that's, you know, one and the other's girl, they're going to have each other's back. And uh, that's why I kind of like that. Drita is heading towards the other side too, but that's just me. So Nachi thinks she had a right to uh, then go ahead and kind of get in on the fight with uh, Karen. And uh, Karen says that Drita and Ange held back and should have mediated the, the fight, which I don't think they were there to do. Again, I think they were there to kind of, believe it or not, also stir a pot to a certain extent because they – uh, I think Big Ange more than Drita wanted it to kind of be a, a, a problem solved in communication, but Drita had to know, and Renee and Karen sure knew that they were gonna they were gonna fight, and there was gonna be blood. So Natty uh, in this conversation with Karen says that Natty talks on all of them. Now she calls uh, Natalie D's boyfriend again and puts. Uh, 
he puts the phone on speaker so Nat D can hear. And she, Nat G, talks on all the girls. And uh, Nat D, you know, reiterates that she heard it all. Uh, this story, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I I do see how Nat D can be another pot stirrer, but I don't see why. I mean, this girl did come out of left field for certain for certain reasons, but then again, she was a, involved in the fashion show with Drita's company. She she found her way in, and uh, Nat G I think was brought up by Drita first, if I'm correct. So. Um, obviously the producers probably knew going into this that Nat D being from Philly was going to have some sort of association with Nat G. So what a perfect way to, you know, make this season even more fire than Nat G already does. You have the same names and rhyming initials of your last name. I mean, this is going to make the show ratings go up. More people are going to watch. More people are going to have opinions on Nat G and Nat D. And, and why not add this girl? I don't, mob relation or not, she, helps the conversation and we do know that she does actually factually have mob relations so uh you know i have friends in philly i have friends in jersey i have friends in staten island and even though they're all living in the tri-state area they all sort of have some kind of beef with each other because these are very power rating areas do you agree do when you meet girls from these these cities i have friends from these cities and they are exactly the same way like everybody just needs to one-up each other and i'm just like guys we're sitting here having lunch at the cheesecake factory let's i love it let's simmer down and they're just like oh who are you and i'm like oh my god relax like we're just we're just having lunch i don't understand so i mean i totally get it it's that like white girl power that they use something i don't know it's crazy but um you know that's that. That's the type of personality they have. That's how they were raised. That's where they grew up. It, maybe the, their families too. Being in the mob, they're oh, the mobsters. Always one upping each other too, in a certain extent, in the sketchy, sketchiest of ways. I mean, it makes sense because I mean, you know, I would feel like growing up in that kind of lifestyle, you kind of have to be kind of cold hearted and you know that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying that like, oh yeah, you guys are all you know, you guys are all bees and you guys you know mm-hmm. are terrible, terrible people. No, you're not. You're just. You're tough cookies. Yeah. I totally get it. But at the same time, there's a time and place to bring out drama. Yep. And if you, you know. Well, they, they do it in yeah, uh, they do the it nicest everywhere. of restaurants. Yes. And you're just like, no, don't do that. Most <laughs> exclusive of clubs. That's yeah. just where they like to take it on. So, you know, we hear the sea hag comment, hence the title of this episode. I mean, I thought this episode was going to be something about gangsters or you know, something. But, I, you know, the Staten Island sea hag thing, I, I guess, makes sense. Um, I even, and I didn't even know people still call other people. Oh yeah, well, I was just, just talking to my and... friend from Long Island on the phone the other day. I'm like, well, some of, some some of them are popular on Long Island. She's like, well, if I was ever on Staten Island, forget it, I would get attacked. You know, so they what? Yeah, they have they have this thing. These girls. I mean, I growing up, uh, you know, in New Jersey, going to school on Long Island. I've seen, I've seen the way. Girls on Long Island act compared to girls in Staten Island. Okay. Even the girls in Manhattan versus the girls from Philly. And it's just, it is a lot of like power. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've noticed it. Cause I had, I had, my ex girlfriend was from Philly. And then we, I, and then her best friend was from, which is crazy, was from Long Island. And they always looked like they hated each other, but mm-hmm. they actually had a good friendship. But if right. you bring, when they had people come over, oh, it was like, yeah. I, I felt like everybody was arguing. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Power-hungry bitches. Amen. 
So uh, moving on, uh, we will get into Karen, Karen and Storm, and they get, go on the water, and you think they're going to have this beautiful talk about their relationship, uh, coming from you know the problems they had, mending the mending their ways, and then she brings up that she wants to be in the medical marijuana wanna business. Now, this is a, a, a woman coming from the mob, all eyes on her at all times, and wants to open up a dispensary in Arizona. I mean, the first, when she said that, I had the same reaction as her mother did, which we'll get to, but it's like, you know, what, what are you trying to do? You're trying to, like, get even more deep and, and more trouble than you have been in your life. You're saying you want to re- vamp your life and and start over and i don't think that's the best way to start over i understand that medical marijuana is legal but opening up a dispensary is a whole nother thing i mean even here in la like i've i've seen companies and dispensaries open one day and then a month they're gone because it's it's a very risky business despite the fact that it's legal illegal things can happen within a marijuana dispensary because you're selling marijuana let's be real you could start selling other drugs in that dispensary and karen has had uh and she admits uh illegal drug business when she was younger and we see the actual court fitted footage excuse me in this episode i mean it's it's pretty amazing that now she wants to open up a dispensary and, and set things of a title gangsta green, which brings me back to my gangster I, point again. She's, I'm sorry. I thought that was kind of brilliant, but at the same time, I feel like that's like a huge red flag, yeah. you know? Cause I mean, most places like here in California, it's just, it's just the leaf or just or like, just you the, know, the, the, the cross sign. Well, a cross sign or something like that. But that, I feel like that's just a giant sign. That's just like, Hey, I sell marijuana and I used to be in the mob. Yep. Woo-hoo! You know, no, definitely not a good idea for Karen. I agree gotta say uh but you know she she also kind of proves my point again about the gangsta thing she's she's proud to be a gangsta and one of you guys wrote how you thought it was funny that she made the snoop dog comment saying that her boyfriend is the snoop dog of the east coast now that's a little ridiculous i feel like yeah, i think snoop dog no. would be very upset by that comment no, because you probably think that'd be really funny you think it'd be funny yeah. okay well that's i mean i laughed but then i thought oh god I feel like if Snoop Dogg saw this dude, he would be like, oh, come on. Never know. <laughs> Me, I mean, granted, Storm is this huge dude and Snoop Dogg's this skinny dude. I mean, compare the success rate yeah, of Snoop Dogg and Storm. <laughs> That's why I thought maybe maybe he would be a little offended. But either way, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we'll get to that when, uh, a little bit more when we talk about how Karen goes to Arizona to see her family and then she brings it up again. So we'll just move to when Drita uh, visits Nat D at the boxing ring and Drita says she's never seen so many people hate uh, on Nat G. Now, I mean, us as the audience see it and I think now Drita's starting to realize a little bit more and starting to side more with 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 the you know, the greater end, the, the more that people that hate, the more you're going to kind of coincide with somebody. But with Big Ange, it seems like she's she will always have her opinion and never let anybody really sway it. So uh, and we'll get to that at the end. But uh, Nazi tells her about her boxing experience and how she's been knocked out before. And then she got back up and fought the same and met with the same person who knocked her out a couple months later. And Drita loves it. She's ear to ear smiling because that's the kind of girl that Drita likes. And I, I kind of chuckled and smiled too, in a sense, because there's no denying that. I mean, 
Drita likes someone that's straight up, admits when they're wrong, will you know, do anything to fix it. And, and, that, and I don't think Natalie G is that kind of person. That's my opinion. And I think that's why we're seeing Drita sort of sway away from her. She's also believing, uh, again, what the big crowd says. So she's going to kind of go with the, the pact on this one. But there's, I'm not implying here that Drita's a follower because I think Drita's a leader. I just think Drita's had it and she's going to go with how she feels at this, this point. And again, what's the greater end? So, uh, she wants to set the story straight, bottom line. And Nat G, uh, Nat D, excuse me, says that, again, repeats the CHAG comment. And, uh, Drita just has had it. She's ready to go. She's ready to call out Nat G for her mistakes and ready to get, uh, Big Ant in on what Nat D is saying. And we will discuss that at the end. Uh, and she also had her doubts that she was referring to uh, Drita and Ange when Nachi said that comment, which we won't know the truth. None of us are going to know because there was no camera on Nachi when she got that call uh, with her boyfriend. Uh, and I just see that's another thing. I'm just finding it very weird that Nachi, knowing how much Nachi does not like her, is calling Nachi's ex. I mean, I find that fishy. That's why I'm thrown a little bit. It's hard to believe, but with all the talk, I, I see why Drita's sw- swinging away. So uh, Karen then meets with Renee to shop, and she's with her girlfriend, and she just kind of dives right into this reveal of Junior's sentencing, which is 11 years. And she feels some peace in the situation. She needs to sit down, and the first thing she says that she's concerned about AJ, I mean— who wouldn't be? That's her son. And uh, but then again, you know, as we just discussed, I mean, her son, this is this is deja vu for her son. Her, her it's not the first time that uh, his dad was facing trial or charges and this and that. I mean, I just don't get why Renee beats herself up so much about it. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. I just I feel like it's. It's not important because how many episodes have we talked about this now? Because I feel like the more that I've been like engineering and, and watching, I feel like it's the same story over and over mm-hmm. and over. So I don't know if that's like the producers telling them to be like, hey, milk it till it's dry kind of thing. Or if it's actually like a problem that she's like. Oh, she's got a problem. Really? Yeah. And she we got her on the phone and she did let us know that this has really taken a toll on her and that she's starting. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. There was yeah. some sort of maybe regret. But I mean, she did also say I'm someone that's not that doesn't re- regret things. But at the same time, you know, this mob wives in general is taking a toll on her health and yeah. her psychological well being. So I mean, but that will always go back to Junior. And I am happy that he'll he has got 11 years. She mm-hmm. can move on with her life. Yep. She could focus on herself. She will always baby her son. I do, I believe that. But she also is entitled to because her son is in a really sticky situation. He's, you know, comes from a destructive family and he does need paying attention to despite the fact that he's an adult. I mean, I feel like it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're in some sort of situation and the only person that can like that you can bring in close is your mother or whoever, then let them baby you for a little bit longer. I mean, that's just... It just helps, and you know, I, I know there will probably be a lot of people who disagree with me, but I mean, that's just my opinion. I feel like it would just it would help AJ out. Yeah, 
I ho- I hope to see a little bit more of how AJ plays out mm-hmm. as the season ends. Some kind of success story, and uh, he's got a good girlfriend, so that's always good. The girl, the girl kind of always helps the sinking man. That's my opinion. <laughs> so finally, we see Karen go to Arizona uh, to her brother Gerard's uh, restaurant, and he is just opening it. That's pretty cool. It's got some family uh, success despite the reputation. And uh, they talk about basically getting to the medical marijuana dispensary. And, oh, before that, we see uh, Karen talk a little bit about her mom and how her mom has always stuck by the mob family despite the BS. She was always a she's, – that's a real mob wife to me. The moms of these women are the real mob wives. Unfortunately, they're too old and too bent out of shape to do this. Uh, and, you know, as a result, we see their – uh, adult daughters scratching their eyes uh, out. And, I just uh, feel like the like the older mob wives, they just know how to like handle their stuff. Mm. I feel like because they've handled the actual real shit. Yeah, these you know? women, excuse my language, no, are I mean, uh, handling the the, sh- feel like the more, shit end of the yeah, stick, like I feel, yeah, I feel like it's more like they're whining and complaining. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to be a mob wife, you kind of just shut up and just yeah. Do they what some you of them want to carry on their legacy, and yeah. that's going to bite them in the butt. Uh, but know. that's how they, again, like we could go back to that's how they were raised. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Some of these women really do need to take a step back because they don't want to ruin their kids' lives. And I know none of them do. They admit it all the time. They want to raise them right. But, uh, again, Karen opening up a medical marijuana dispensary might not be the best way to move along with her life. Uh, and her mom says that she's crazy. There will be people all over her if she does that. Uh, and then they refer back to how Karen's dad, back in the day, Salvatore, he uh, took the heat for when she and her brother used to sell ecstasy. Now, see, with that being in the back of your life and, and in your past, you don't want to open up a medical marijuana dispensary because right away they're going to think that you're selling other drugs in it. And even though you're selling some legal drugs, you could easily put the illegal shit in the back and bring it out whenever uh, is necessary. And excuse my language, I'm getting really dirty jersey on you guys right now. Yeah, uh, let it out. Let so it out. I thought that was really interesting, though. It really made me think, wow, you know, as, as much as Karen can be dramatic and, and we could disagree with her or be Team Natalie or Team Karen in the end, I mean, she's got a story to tell and she is real. I mean, there's no fake anything when it comes to Karen. I mean, she's, she is straight up. She uh, comes from a family that has been through it all, and she's not afraid to ever, ever talk about it or admit that she wants to be a gangster, that she's a straight-up G. <laughs> so then we see uh, Renee talk to AJ about his dad's sensitive, sensitive, oh, I can't even talk tonight, sentencing, and, you know, all AJ says is his dad hasn't been there and he's used to it. And I agree with AJ. Drop it. Let's move on. Let's rebuild. Let's get AJ, like, up on his feet so that he doesn't wind up like his dad instead of constantly reminding him that this is his life and she's so sorry. You know, when your mom is so sorry about something that she can't control and you're like, mom, like, it's it's sad. And for a kid to see their mother going through that pain like that they can't get over even before they were born, it hurts the kid. So take care of yourself so you could take care of him. Uh, and I know Renee's been through a lot and she's been trying to do that. So, you know, 
she believes it was a good call and in sentencing AJ thought that his dad was going to get out luckily for her family's sake he's in there for another 11 years and she breaks down and we feel for her but she's got to move on and she's got to be strong so then we get to the magazine party and Drita says that she invited everybody so I'm anticipating that every single one of these mob wives are going to show up uh, for this event and uh all of them do, except that Jeep. And uh, Big Ange just doesn't want to even go there. Immediately, they bring up Nat G. And listen, I, I'm i kind of like, all right, I'm over it. Let's move on. Because some of you are tweeting and you're saying this this episode was kind of slow. I agree. I mean, and uh, someone mentions that Big Ange honestly makes a ton of sense about everybody attacking Rattley. And she has a point. I mean... They're constantly going on and on. Let's cut to the chase. Let's see how well they can use their words and really figure out maybe the truth or squash it and uh, get rid of the garbage and move on as the, the unit of mob wives they are. I mean, I'm not calling that G garbage. I'm just saying if all of them want to team up, that's what they're going to do. If Big Ange wants to go her, her, her separate way from them until they cool off about the need, Nat G thing, then that's that's good. That good for Big Ange. I mean, she's tired of the drama and she wants it to stop. So, uh, Drita's just over it, though. We can see that she's she can't keep defending her. She doesn't want to be her lawyer. And then all of a sudden, Bing, we see that Nat G texts Renee and she's looking for. Uh, a conversation and rang her bell and Renee just kind of flips out. She, and we see a flashback that Renee said she should have done that. Didn't mean now. Uh, and then Nat D shows up and big Ed is just like, who is this girl? And I'm seeing some of you retweeting what Nat G posted. These pictures of, uh, Natalie D saying that she's gross. She's a nobody. And, uh, you know, she's not a nobody. She's affiliated with the mob, and she's a new cast member on Mob Wives. Uh, she has a point of being on the show. She's there to to bring out either, A, the truth about Natalie G, or B, yes, like Big Ange is saying, stir the pot and get some more of us talking about what is really the truth. And is it Team Nat G or Team Nat D or Team Karen, Team Nat G, whatever it may be. But maybe it's going to come down to just Team G or D because – I'm hoping that Karen really just moves past uh, what Nat G has done to her because they don't really have a history, Renee and Nat G do, and that's why uh, we see Big Shay that she's trying to resolve with Renee and she might re miss Renee and because they did, like some of you have spoken to me in the last YouTube video, uh, that they, do, they did have a history. They were friends. They did use together a little bit at one point, use and abuse, if you will, and uh, sure enough – that kind of ended because maybe it wasn't the right two people having a friendship. But we'll see. We'll see if they can mend their ways. Uh, we see it in the preview that uh, they do meet up, and I'm excited to see what happens next week. Uh, my prediction is that maybe Nachi could come on top. Who really knows? We'll have to find out. Uh, and, and, and then we'll just wrap it up with, uh, we end this episode with Big Ange is done. She doesn't want to discuss Nat G anymore. She doesn't really feel Nat D and it's pretty, it's, it, it's pretty intimidating to see how well Big Ange stands her ground, but I kind of glad that Drita's moved over with her girls and is siding with them. Uh, because after all, Drita doesn't like to be talked about and she will throw the first punch. So. Tune in next week. We'll see what happens. This episode was a lot of chit-chat, a lot of discovering about who these women are individually and 
you know, a lot of more family problems were kind of sprung up this episode. I really enjoyed the flashbacks, meeting Karen's family. And again, if you guys don't know, my name is Nicole Brazier. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Nicole Brazier. Uh, it's right below me, I think. And again, you hashtag ABTV Mobwives to join in on the conversation. I look forward to next week and having some people here to talk to, but I thank you to my lovely engineer for con- t- continuing to help me out the conversation tonight. Anytime. Anytime. Thanks so much. And tune in for next week. Again, my name is Nicole Brazier and you just tuned in to AfterBuzz TV Mob Wives. Hi, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, gangsters. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.